Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. Our passage for this episode will be Luke chapter 14, verses 7 to 11. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This passage neatly follows on from the last episode with its link of taking place on a Sabbath. Jesus has been invited to share a meal with others and it appears to be something a little different to the usual tax collectors and sinners sort of deal. The host in this case is said to be a prominent Pharisee. And there's the extra ominous wrinkle in play of Jesus being under the microscope at this point as well. Now, it was common for a meal like this to take place at a long, lowly set solitary table, with couches set either side of it where you would be somewhat reclined on your side as you ate. Generally speaking, any assigned places of honor at the table were to do with proximity to the host. The more important you were, the more distinguished you were, the closer to the host you got to sit. It made for a great optic to be seen close to the top end of one of these tables. It added clout to your reputation, and it also made you close to any sort of power-broking or dealing that you wanted to do with them. And in this case, Jesus notices that the guests themselves are jostling for the best or more honorable seats. It's likely not an assigned seat sort of event due to it being a Sabbath meal, but the whole process would have been fascinating to watch. Perhaps we could imagine keener attendees who might race to the house after the synagogue meeting in the hope that they could secure a good seat before everybody else arrived. This could make for some awkward interactions as they made their greetings to the host at the door while at the same time looking over their shoulder at the table with a competitive mindset going on. Perhaps there were others who would approach people already seated and half request, half demand that the seated person move down a spot or three. You can almost imagine the negotiating going on as each person competed for the higher seats by citing their various credentials and qualifications. However, the whole process paints a less than honorable and even hypocritical picture. In reality, these people are using the sacred space of a Sabbath meal to power broke. Right after a synagogue meeting, they are pulling rank on each other just for the social optic. In the last episode, we saw these people questioning the motives of Jesus for seemingly bringing his vocation with him to the Sabbath setting. He, of course, wasn't. Finding healing on a day of rest should be a regular occurrence. But after the religious formalities, these people are doing the very thing they wrongly accused Jesus of. Now, we have no idea where Jesus is actually seated at this table, and that would certainly be an interesting study if we were ever able to gather enough information. But we do know that he spoke up and that a parable eventually emerges. So, you guys who are jostling for your high-up seats, let's have a chat about that. Since we're in the midst of a Sabbath, 
let's consider the Word of God, and in particular, what is written by Solomon in Proverbs chapter 25, verses 6 and 7. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, and do not claim a place among his great men. It is better for him to say to you, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. Bear in mind that Jesus knew his own identity even more than those gathered at a Pharisee's table at this point, and that these people were in fact claiming greatness in the presence of a king. Jesus goes on, Since we're in the midst of a Sabbath, let's further consider the word of God in places such as Isaiah chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. For all the cedars of Lebanon, tall and lofty, and all the oaks of Bashan, for all the towering mountains and all the high hills, for every lofty tower and every fortified wall, for every trading ship and every stately vessel, the arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day and the idols will totally disappear. This poetic image declares that all lofty and pagan thinking will be brought low again on that final day including the elements of loftiness Jesus was seeing emerge at this table setting. This loftiness was marked by human pride on a sacred day, self-promotion on a day where God alone was to be honoured and exalted, elevation of themselves by making others inferior, doing all this before the one who is Lord of the Sabbath. And it's interesting though that Jesus doesn't offer his kingly credentials to this setting. Instead, he offers a hypothetical question about what this conduct might look like in other settings and what an outcome might mean. He says, imagine this table wasn't so casual. Imagine it was more formal, like a wedding reception. You are all seemingly important people, so you know how these things play out. There's always designated seating, family, friends, associates. You all have seating allocated in the planning process. What's your approach to those events? Is it anything like what I'm seeing here? Now, these weddings weren't set out quite the same way we do them in the West today. There's no fancy cards at each table with names on them like we do today. The host of the gathering had the list and knew where everybody should be according to the people putting the event on, likely the groom's parents. So Jesus asked those in front of him how they might interact with that scenario. Would they jostle for seating like they were on this Sabbath day meal? If so, how would they go about doing this? Would they self-determine their spot and slip a gold coin to the host to keep their seemingly superior seat? Would they wait for the host to seat them, then negotiate their way to a more coveted high seat? Or could they simply be there and celebrate without it being all about them? Could they slide into a joyful occasion and take a quiet seat, just happy to see something great take place? Could they be content with the seat they found and consider any further invitation a bonus? And if they could do that in a wedding setting, could they do it in a Sabbath meal or any other setting for that matter? Which would they rather experience, the honor or the shame? Which would they rather feel, the invitation to come up or the embarrassment and disappointment of having to step down? The pain of discipline and restraint or the pain of pride and regret? Now, there are three brief reflections on this passage that I would like to offer you. The first is simply that of our daily postures. We are called to live in complete humility, always taking the lowest seats, never elevating ourselves over others, knowing that we live all of our lives in service to our King. 
to elevate ourselves actually robs others of dignity. And each time we do this actually leads to dehumanization of others. In the kingdom of God, greatness comes through service and childlikeness. In the kingdom of God, elevation comes when the king calls us closer, not when we decide who belongs where. Can we adopt these postures in all that we do as believers and followers of Jesus? Remember the lesson from Philippians chapter 2, that Jesus didn't even use being God to his own advantage, but instead came to serve faithfully, even to death. And we are called to live like that also. This leads me to a second idea, our eternal perspective. A wedding feast is coming, and a king is going to call it. This idea will come out in two episodes' time, so I won't flesh it out too much here. But just take note that Jesus didn't offer metaphors in a vacuum. He most certainly had eternity in mind on some level when he spoke about being humbled and being exalted, with Isaiah and others pointing to this as well. Our posture of service and humility will have eternal value. And we must remember that self-demotion now will lead to a great call-up then. But any glory and honor attained in this life will be only valuable for the time we have it. And the final reflection is that of our social presence as believers in the world around us. I have for quite some time been of the conviction that the public self-promotion of Christianity is becoming, well, more and more unbecoming. As someone who resides in the more evangelical end of our faith, I've been weary lately of public Christians seeking to be seen in parliamentary and other seats of power. I'm starting to feel like we are taking the higher seats at a table that we may well not be ordained to be sitting at in the first place. The journey of Christendom gave the church power that she could not always appropriately wield. And in this post-Christendom age, I see some trying to cling to what they once felt they had. The church having socio-political power doesn't always lead to good outcomes. In fact, it often merely accomplishes a degree of plushness for the church. We could be speaking prophetic truth to power in that space. We could be using that vantage point to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. But we don't often do that when we occupy those seats. So church leaders and influential believers, could I encourage you, please, Pursue greatness by leading your congregations and those you influence to the places of service in the margins and lower seats. There, we can see great things happen. And in that grassroots space, the church can be the force she is truly ordained to be. So in all things, our postures, our practices, our outlook, let us pursue the lower seats. If we are invited up in this life, that's fine. Be sure to use that invitation to advocate for the ones who sit lower. But if that never happens, that's okay too. Because we're assured by Jesus that there are higher seats to be invited to. But that is reserved for when His kingdom is here in full. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, be sure to put up a rating and even a comment if your platform allows for it, as this will help others know what to expect. I look forward to catching up next time.